Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, and I'm happy to be with you on this Wednesday as we continue the last week of our summer schedule, three shows this week. We're on show number two, and we have one more on Friday, and then we go back next week to our five-day-a-week formatting. And as we have been doing for the last several shows, we are previewing the New York Giants 2021 opponents. And on today's show, we're going to have David Harrison. He is one of the co-hosts of the Locked on Bucks podcast. And David is going to break down for us everything we need to know about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champion. And David, are you ready to talk some ball? Absolutely, Patricia. Appreciate you having me back. All right. So let's talk about the defending Super Bowl champions. Wow. Oh. If you would, did, did, seriously, did anybody think that, see that coming? I mean, I guess Tom Brady was the magic missing potion there uh, for the Bucks. But let's start there with, with uh, Brady. Now, when I was putting together my question list for you, I came across a rather interesting item I wanted to ask you about. And that is Sports Illustrated reported that the Tampa Bay offense last year was primarily the one that Bruce Arians had run all his life. But when, when Tom Brady signed, they kind of tweaked it a little bit to suit some of the things Brady did well. And given the success that they had combined with the fact now that they were able to retain a lot of their, I think all of their playmakers, if I'm not mistaken, that there might be a possibility of, seeing more of the Tom Brady system, if you will, and maybe a little less Bruce Arians. What's your take on, you know, year two of the offense there and how that might evolve with, with uh, Brady being in his second year at Tampa Bay? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's interesting because there was a little bit of a struggle there uh, early on and, and really Tom came out and said it wasn't until after that Kansas city chiefs game that went so horribly, horribly wrong um, that he started to kind of really feel the most comfortable in the offense. So if you look at that, that eight game win streak ending in the Super Bowl that they went on after that game really kind of shows you where that offense could really take off to. And I think, you know, the, the impression that a lot of people have is that it was kind of a tug of war, you know, with Bruce Arians not wanting to give up too much to, you know, the legendary, you know, greatest quarterback of all time. And then Tom Brady not wanting to give up too much of his own personality and his style and, and just kind of cave to what the new coach wanted. Really, Patricia, I think that last year they were stuck in a little bit of what I like to call a nice off, you know, and and when I when I talk about nice offs, usually it's like you're sitting at an intersection and two cars pull up at the same time and you're both waving each other on and flashing lights at each other for each. Of you. It's like, no, you go. No, you go. No, you go. And it's you're in a nice off. You know what I mean? Eventually, one of you's got to win. I kind of feel like that's what happens. Bruce Arians came in saying, hey, Tom, you know, I like to have my quarterbacks give their insight. And if you've if you've ever read the quarterback whisperer, whisperer Bruce Arians book. Going back through his entire coaching career, he wants the quarterback to have a say into how the offense is run and how the scheme is developed. That's part of his coaching style. Um, but at the same time, Tom Brady coming in and saying, no, I'm joining your team. You tell me what you want. So I think you really ended up with two guys who wanted to give the other some some more control than maybe they were expecting you know, to receive from the other. And it kind of took a little bit, you know, a couple bumps and bruises, some bad losses. The Chicago Bears game is one. You know, that Kansas City Chiefs game, that New Orleans, that second New Orleans Saints game is a really bad one. I think it kind of took some of those for them to kind of get the niceties out of the way and say, look, forget the niceties, forget the shaking hands, forget the no, you take control, no, you take control. What do we need to do to get this thing figured out? And you then from that point on, 
you really started to see a little bit of a blend of classic Tom Brady successful offenses and what Bruce Arians likes to do. Uh, again, you go back to that NFC Championship game, you know, ending the first half with a deep bomb to Scotty Miller. That's got Bruce Arians' fingerprints all over it. But at the same time, it was with Tom Brady's influence. So that kind of shows that the dancing partners that they were there. But at the same time, the rest of that game was a little bit more dink and dunk, a little bit more safe throws versus the riskier throws. There's your Tom Brady, the addition of Giovanni Bernard, uh, supposedly taking that LaShawn McCoy role, quote unquote. LaShawn McCoy only had 25 touches last year, so it's not much of a role to fill. So if you're Giovanni Bernard, you're not coming in to get 25 touches, right? You're coming in to be a part of the offense. I think this is where he's going to come in and kind of make up for the the pass catching deficiencies that Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette have. So, and a long way to answer the question, I think we're all we've already seen the development of both. It, it's it's a it's a modest short game that sets up the deep risky game, and that has both their fingerprints all over. I think we're just going to see more of the development of that. Yeah, that was a very interesting little uh, nugget that I uncovered um, in my research for this. I mean, obviously, one you you probably knew about being so close to covering the team. But uh, speaking of Brady, he's, what, 44 years old now. I mean, absolutely amazing. How much longer, realistically, can he keep this going? And have you noticed any kind of decline in his game? I'm sure you've studied a lot of film on him from his you know, most recent years with the Patriots, then of course coming down to Tampa Bay. But have you seen any hint whatsoever that that makes you think, okay, Tom, maybe you got another year or two or, or basically an expiration date on his career? I really haven't. You know, uh, coming into Tampa, when when we got word that it was it was real, that Tom Brady to Tampa was was real, not just rumor on the wind um, that this thing was actually, you know, most likely going to happen. My first, my first reaction was, okay, it's two years. You get, you're going to get two years of Tom Brady, maybe a Super Bowl. You're at least going to be competitive, and he's going to ride off into the sunset. We're all going to make jokes about Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time as a Buccaneer, not as a Patriot. Da da da. But it, it seems, and it's it's got a little bit weirder because it's, it's not on the field so much, but it's more off the field, like in his social media interactions and everything else. It seems that coming to the Buccaneers organization and with Bruce Arians, kind of the mentality that this franchise has as far as conducting their business, you know, being all business on the field, but having fun off it and even having fun on it when they when they have the opportunity to has kind of re-energized him a little bit. Like he looked a little bit older, a little bit slower the last time I saw him wearing a Patriots uniform. But now the Tom Brady that I see, I think this guy could play for five years. Now, I think realistically, you're looking at three, right? So I think that you could realistically see Tom Brady play this game for three more years. And of course that's health withstanding, right? Obviously, you know, being 44 years old, one injury could, could end the entire thing, you know, just like that because of how much harder it is to heal when you're older. But we all know the, the things that he does take care of his body. But I think just from a fun standpoint, I think Tom Brady is having more fun just playing the game of football and being a football player than he probably has in, in the last, you know, third of his career. All right, Giant fans, we have much more coming up with David Harrison, the co-host of Locked on Bucks, as he breaks down and previews the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who the Giants will see this year again, two years in a row. And uh, we will be right back with more from David. But first, 
Let me tell you about Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs by heading over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. And when you open up an account and use our special promo code Locked On, you will receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code Locked On for your fifty percent welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet Online, your online sport. Sportsbook experts. All right, Giant fans, we are talking with David Harrison. He is the co-host of Locked On Bucks. And by the way, he's going to be back with us on Friday because he is also the co-host of Locked On Washington football team. So he's going to be on with us on Friday and he's going to break that team down for us as well. And division rivals and you know, Washington football team, a team on the rise. So David's got plenty of great information that he's going to share. And I can't wait to play that for you on Friday's show. But let's get back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And David, let me ask you this. How important is it? I mean, they have all their key starters that were free agents coming back. So I got to imagine that, you know, that was good news, number one, for, for uh, Tampa Bay. But how important do you think that is in terms of taking the whole game to the next level? Because, you know, now down in New Orleans, Drew Brees is retired. And the Saints, of course, won the, the division last year. Um, and it sounds like the Bucks are in a good position now to really take over that NFC South. Yeah, I mean, that that is what it looks like. That's what it appears to be. Um, I You know, I kind of go with the, the mantra that, you know, big brother is big brother until you knock them down. And right now the, the New Orleans Saints are coming to the season as the division champs and that's who they are until they're not anymore. So that's kind of the mentality. I think, I think that's the mentality the team is going to take, you know, uh, Cameron Jordan is, is one of the great trash talkers of the NFC South. And, and I find it very entertaining. He gets under Buccaneers fans skin very easily. And that's actually part of what I find entertaining about him. Um, but he's come out there and he said, look, it's not like the Buccaneers are unbeatable. We, we, beat the, we beat them twice last year, so obviously it can be done. Now, Buccaneers fans and the Buccaneers themselves would counter, well, yeah, but we won the one that matters the most, which is true. But even without Drew Brees, you know, coming in there with either James Winston or Taysom Hill, a combination of two, which is what I think they're going to do. That defense was, was very improved last year. Um, there were some rumors that maybe Marshawn Lattimore was going to get moved during the offseason. They were able to keep him or hold on to him. That didn't come to fruition, or at least hasn't up to this point um, anyway. So if that defense can continue to build on kind of the, some of the things they're doing and some of the underrated members of that they have, David Onyemata in, in the middle is a big one uh, that I think people are going to get to know a little bit better as the Saints have to rely on that defense a little bit more. If they're successful, I think David Onyemata is a name that more and more people start to learn during the, the course of this next season. Um, but they have the offensive players necessary to support another quarterback. It's just really going to kind of test the creativity and genius of Sean Payton. He's got this reputation of being one of the the best coaches in the National Football League for a reason. Well, now he's really going to have to go out there and earn, I don't know know if you want to call it legendary status, right? But if he's going to kind of take that next step towards the next echelon of coaches of all time in this league, it's going to be now with a Jameis Winston or a Taysom Hill at quarterback, if he can still be competitive, even win a division title over the Buccaneers. But it does, at least on paper, look like this division is the Buccaneers for the taking. But I mean, how many times, Pat, have we seen Super Bowl champions or Super Bowl teams not even make the playoffs the next season? So, I mean, this is a team that the the mentality is that they're coming in saying the 2021 Buccaneers haven't done anything. They haven't even stepped on the field or strapped on pads. The 2020 Buccaneers did some really good stuff. 
but that's a different team. This is a whole new team. Now saying it and believing it and acting like that are two totally different things. We'll see once training camp gets started. Is this a Buccaneers team coming in, feeling themselves from, from the boat parade, or is this a Buccaneers team coming in saying the slate is clean and we haven't accomplished anything. Bruce Arians puts it differently, but we haven't accomplished anything yet because I think that's going to help set the tone for the season. If they come in the way Bruce wants them to, then this team should come in fighting for every win they get, feeling like nothing's going to be handed to them, and they should run away with the division, but we'll see how that works out. Well, ask Giant fans about what how bad things happen when players get involved on boats. <laughs> and of course, I'm talking about the, the famous playoff loss that happened back in 2016 when a bunch of receivers decided to take a trip down to Miami and go on a boat. But uh, anyway, I, speaking of uh, bad things and whatnot, what I know it's early, but what is being done to ensure that the Bucks don't have the Super Bowl hangover that some teams seem to to end up with? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's really, it's just a mentality thing, you know, and I think that's at the end of the day, it, it's, it's all superficial, you know, the, the Super Bowl hangover, it's, it's like the Madden curse, right? It, it's, it doesn't exist. It's all maple leaf. It's, it's fairy dust, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think the good thing is with this team is you have a team full of players that have gone through a whole lot of struggle. I mean, Donovan Smith alone, the left tackle, you know, two years ago, Buccaneers fans wanted him run out of Tampa. And now he's a Super Bowl winning left tackle protecting the best quarterback in the league. Mike Evans, I mean, Mike Evans broke a Randy Moss record for the most consecutive thousand yard receiving seasons to start a career for an NFL wide receiver. Doesn't even have half the Pro Bowl berths, doesn't have half the accolades that a guy like Randy Moss did. Why? Because he was playing with, uh, honestly, most often, you know, subpar quarterback play, doesn't have the touchdown production that Randy Moss had during those that same stretch of his early part of his career. And he doesn't have the winning history that Randy Moss had. So Mike Evans knows what it's like to go from being you know, at the bottom of the league to being at the top of the league, he's not going to want to get down to the bottom. Levante David is another guy that you know he spent his entire career in Tampa, and he even admitted to, him, to, to the media shortly after the Super Bowl he had gotten to the point where he honestly almost believed it was just never going to happen in Tampa and that he was either going to have to decide between being loyal and staying with one team for his entire career or going out and finding a winner. If he ever wanted to win, it wasn't going to be with the Bucs. He had almost gotten to that exact point. Shaquille Barrett is a guy who knows what it's like to win but then also not be on the top of the roster, being a backup winning is not what he wants. He wants to be a starter winning. He got that new deal. He wants to be able to do that. So, I mean, there's enough struggle. And then, you know, Tom Brady is never going to come in. Rest if, if there's any player in the history of the National Football League to have the right to come in and coast off of his previous accomplishments, it's Tom Brady. We already know it's proven, asked and answered, that he's not going to be that guy. So I think there's enough, enough experience with losing on this team to keep guys hungry and want to stay on top. And there's enough proven winners who know how to replicate winning uh, for, for multiple seasons to keep the team from doing that. And then, and then of course you have Bruce Arians who, you know, the, 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 the previous win is never important. It's always the next win. So I think you have the right mix of mentality from players and from personnel that we shouldn't see it. But of course, I don't think any Super Bowl winning roster comes in saying, yeah, we're probably going to have that hangover, but I think that's where they'll, they'll be able to protect themselves from. Now let's talk about the roster specifically. Um, despite the fact that they brought everybody back or most of the the key players back, especially on the offensive side of the ball, where do you see the biggest holes on this roster still existing, both on offense and defense? Yeah, I think on offense, it's running back room. You know, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he had a really great postseason run. Didn't have the greatest regular season. Ronald Jones. 
uh, at a period of time, was a top five running back in the National Football League, um, had three straight 100-yard rushing games when Leonard Fournette was out and, and kind of inactive. Um, so they both have a lot of potential on the ground where they really both lack and struggles in the passing game. And, and that really hurt the Buccaneers offense throughout you know a lot of the season. So Giovanni Bernard coming in again, uh, we've already talked about that, is, is going to hopefully improve that. Um, I've been saying it for a couple years now. I, I really want to see uh, some of those classic Bruce Arians two-back sets uh, where you basically force a defense to either stack the box against the big guy like Leonard Fournette, and then you just go over top of him with Giovanni Bernard, or you protect against Giovanni Bernard, spread out a little bit, and we just run it between the tackles with Leonard Fournette. I really want to see a little bit of that uh, get incorporated. We'll see if that happens. But the running back room, I think that's the weak spot for this for this team, for this offense. On defense, I'm going to say the secondary. And, and a lot of people are going to hate to hear me say that because the secondary doesn't get a lot of love as it is. Um, but with how young they are, and I don't want to say inexperienced, so they have a lot of experience, but they're still a very, very young group here. Um, Jordan Whitehead is, is the most experienced starter there as far as you know tenure, and he joined the league in 2018, he and Carlton Davis. So, I mean, they're, they're a very young secondary. If this defense falters in any way, shape, or form, and, and you know how it goes, I mean, you know, JPP gets injured and then maybe Elante David gets injured. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But if it does, and that pass rush and that middle part of that defense all of a sudden gets a little bit weaker, that's going to open up more time. That's going to open up more opportunities. You know, there's not a secondary in the world that can protect against a five second, you know, uh, drop back from a, from a quarterback. So that secondary, if they get leaned on a little bit harder than they're used to because of what's happening up front, that could be the Achilles heel for this defense. We have more coming up with David Harrison, co-host of the Locked on Bucks podcast. But first, Giant fans, if you're looking for a healthy, delicious treat to satisfy your sweet tooth, you got to check out Built Bar. Available in nut and nut-free varieties, Built Bar has nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited time offering, which right now includes the chocolate mint grasshopper. Really good. Highly recommend it. Each Built Bar flavor not only tastes good, but it's the perfect way to satisfy your sweet tooth with a high-protein, low-calorie, and low-sugar treat. Visit BuiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first order. All right, Giant fans, you are with Patricia Trana here on the Locked on Giants podcast. My special guest is David Harrison. He is the co-host of the Locked on Bucks podcast. He and James Yarko do a great job. They were very busy last year. This, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going all the way to the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champions. So a lot to talk about when it comes to the Tampa Bay Bucks. So let's continue our conversation with David. And David... What about some of the newcomers, draft picks, free agent signs? Who are some of the names you really like that you think are going to make an impact on this team this year? Yeah, I like Joe Tryon a lot. First-round draft pick, a lot of times you look at a first-round guy, you're thinking he's a starter, right? But Joe Tryon is an obvious backup behind Jason Pierre-Paul uh, and Shaquille Barrett. But what he's going to do is he's going to give the opportunity for Todd Bowles to really kind of spell those guys and give them some breaks, especially if they can get some big wins early on. I mean, you might see you know Jason Pierre-Paul take entire quarters off uh, if if the Buccaneers can get a lead big enough and then Joe Tryon can go in there and help them withstand, you know, the the comeback attempts. Uh, you look at JPP, and I know the Giants fans are obviously very experienced uh, with JPP and his mentality and his his hunger to to compete. Uh, he didn't even practice. I, I think it was like mid December was the last time he practiced for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Didn't practice again for the entire rest of the season in the postseason because he was dealing with a knee injury. So essentially, he was just in treatment or playing a game. 
And being a veteran of his caliber, he was able to get away with it. But what the Buccaneers would like to do is keep him healthy, you know, keep him, keep him upright, keep him on his feet, not have him in the treatment room, have him in the meeting room. Uh, so having Joe Tryon could really help do that. But then getting deeper into it, Jalen Darden, the wide receiver out of North Texas, I mean, in a stacked wide receiver room, he actually may have a chance to, to become a special teams contributor and, and get, make the roster on the back end of that wide receiver group. And that is, that is a huge compliment to him and what he's been able to do so far, just no TAs and rookie camp taking on not only the coaching of the staff, but also mentorship from other players. Um, so Jalen Darden is another guy that I'm looking forward to. And then really just because, you know, we all want to know what's going to happen in the future. Kyle Trask, the quarterback out of Florida, second round draft pick that a lot of people were surprised about. I want to see what he does in preseason. I want to see what he does in the scrimmages against the Tennessee Titans uh, when they come to town this year and just kind of see if you can get a little bit of a glimpse of maybe what's to come in 2023 or so. One of the things when I, when I was doing research for um, this interview, the last four games between the Giants and the Bucks have been decided by margins of three points or less, two, three, one, and two. Why do you why do you think the Giants and Bucks games have been so tight? I mean, you know, especially last year, everybody thought the Bucks would roll over the Giants because Tom Brady just rolls over the Giants in regular season games, not so much in Super Bowls. But uh, what what is, what is it about it that make that these two teams you think match up so well? I mean, I think I think first and foremost, like I don't know if it's a New York thing or if it's just a Giants thing. Like you put on that Giants blue and then that uniform. I don't think you're ever going to, and, and you would know better than me, obviously, but I don't know if there's ever been a Giants roster that doesn't come out and just fight every single week. And, and, and let's be honest with you. Uh, sometimes players, they, they get to feel in a little bit of their clippings a little bit. They get to feel in a little bit of their press a little bit. So they go out there in a primetime matchup and they're supposed to be the big bad Buccaneers who got, you know, Tom Brady and they're on the come up and they're, you know, going to be the next big thing and everything. So they're going, you know, into, into New York is primetime. It's under the light. So of course we're going to come here and just mop the floor with them. Well, the problem with that is the guy on the other side of the field has something to say about that. And, and when they've got a lot of fight in them, you know, the old adage of, of, of hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Again, not saying that any Buccaneers players are lazy by any means, but that's where you get a little bit of the concern of are they going to field themselves from that Super Bowl a little bit, right? I think, again, some of those experiences, obviously, you know, close wins, bad losses, those things kind of mature you a little bit. We usually grow through our struggles. Um, but I think it starts just honestly with the, the fact that the Giants, I mean, I've never, you know, I don't cover the Giants, so I haven't seen every game, obviously, but I've never witnessed a Giants game where you don't see that Giants roster out there fighting to, to get a win, you know, whether it be for their teammates, for the brand, for the city, whatever you want to call it. But you don't think of the Giants as a franchise that's going to come in, even if they're at the bottom of the league and just kind of rolls over and just, you know, takes the beating that they're supposed to get. So I think it, part of it starts there. And then finally, David, you know, Training camp still has to take place, so we don't know what the nine, what the fifty three man rosters are going to look like. That being said, what matchups, whether it be position groups, whether it be individuals, what are you looking forward to seeing most in this game? Yeah, so Jalen Darden, just to kind of reiterate that, I really want to see how he's going to do making the roster. Uh, Kyle Trask, if he's going to be the number two quarterback or the number three, again, it's it's kind of trivial, and nobody outside of Tampa is probably going to care. But really, for me, the, the biggest matchup I want to watch is K.J. Britt and Grant Stewart. Grant Stewart is, is Mr. You know, Irrelevant. He's the last pick of the NFL draft this last year, uh, but he came with a lot of fire, a lot of leadership. The Buccaneers, I don't want to say they're thin at inside linebacker, but behind Devin White and Levante David, you really just have Kevin Minter as the established guy. So you have to feel like either K.J. Britt, a uh, fifth-round pick out of Auburn, or Grant Stewart, again, that seventh-round pick out of Houston, 
one of them is going to probably get a roster spot there. Special teams is going to be a contributing factor to that. Football IQ is going to be a, a contributing factor to that. And the thing about both of them through rookie camps and OTAs is they both scored off the charts in both of those areas. So these are two guys, and they become really good friends at the same time. So they're going to be two buddies out there pushing each other to be the best they can, knowing that one of them is fighting for a roster spot and the other is fighting for a practice squad spot. And the problem is they're probably going to do well enough in front, of, especially in front of another coaching staff in the Tennessee Titans, and then on TV, you know, in preseason putting putting stuff on film that whoever you put on the practice squad. I would not be surprised to see them get poached by another team. So, I mean, it, it may come down to a situation where the Buccaneers have to choose between either one of these guys, and it just happens to be that one of them is, quote-unquote, Mr. Irrelevant. And trust me, he's, he's, he's not irrelevant. He's very relevant to what the Buccaneers have coming up this uh, at the end of this month. David, great stuff. I know I always look forward to seeing uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know, with JPP, who I still root for. You know, JPP... He's he's a a dynamite cat to use his words, um, and I'm glad to see him doing so well. I wish he were doing his thing here with the Giants, but you know it is what it is. And uh, it's not very often that y- you get a chance to see the goat Tom Brady, you know, do his thing in a game. So two years in a row, we're lucky to see that. So it should be a good one when the two teams square off. Absolutely, looking forward to it. And thanks for having me on. No problem, and Dave. David, we'll be talking again for the crossover as we get uh, a little closer to the game. So, again, thank you for coming on with me. Giant fans, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast. We'll have another show with David Harrison on Friday, who will break down the Washington football team since he is the co-host of Locked on Washington football. And don't forget, next week we go back to five shows a week as we get you ready for New York Giants training camp. So until Friday, folks, you have a great week.